Good morning, Lydia House. We're glad to be together by Zoom. And we're glad for this beautiful Christmas season, this Advent season, in which we are preparing our heart to receive the Lord who comes to us as a baby, as God in flesh, as the Son of God. And so we light these candles each week, one, to remember, to prepare for the Advent. And Advent means coming. And so we're thinking of two comings, the first coming as a baby and the second coming as the reigning King and Lord. And so uh, we open with prayer now. Father, we thank you for this beautiful season, mm -hmm. a season of giving, but a season when we remember when you gave the very best, your very own son, to be born of a virgin, to come into this world. We, we, we marvel at it. We marvel at God taking on flesh and becoming a human being. We thank you for the incarnation that God in flesh among us, mm. and that one day we will come and be with your family in person mm. in the new earth, in the new heavens, in the new thank earth. You. We thank you for that. We rejoice. I thank you for Lydia House. I thank you today mm. that we get to hear your word through uh, Andrew Borak, and that we can share in the wonderful songs and sing together your mm -hmm. praises. Amen. We bless your holy name yes, this sir. day. Amen. 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 And, and, uh, and Nate, you yeah. asked me to say a word about uh, sure. yeah, that'd be good. Phil. Uh, we're thinking a lot these days of Phil. We thank you, Lydia House. You sent us some beautiful flowers. And uh, we've been blessed by the love and the care that people have shown to us. Karen, did you, My mom. you want to say anything, sir? Uh, yeah, um, yes, we feel God's love. And um, we're drawing closer to the Lord. My dad um, left on Pearl Harbor Day, and he's in a very safe harbor now mm. and he has the pearl of great price and um that was the day i'm sure he heard the call to go to japan the first time and it turned him around to follow uh the lord to japan as a missionary so yeah thank you lord um and my mother is just very gracious and peaceful and very healthy and so we are praising the lord for that that's an incredible gift at this time and i'm looking forward to i see this clarinet and i'm telling you i i put the, his clarinet in his hands when he was going to jesus and um very special bailey that you're going to play that thank you thank you yeah kaylee it's going to play clarinet in honor of great grandpa phil and andrew's going to accompany her on trumpet um, wow 
CJ, is there anything I should do sound-wise for this? We didn't talk about this. Sorry. Okay. I'm worried about too much, if anything. Um, no, it'll be good. So, yeah, let's. they're going to uh, do some Christmas songs. Phil loved Christmas carols. And so they're going to just do a little medley. All right, go ahead, guys. see if you move on to the next one let's see if they can guess what it is so since uh the grandkids great grandkids aren't allowed to go to the memorial service tomorrow for phil the service is at uh fort snelling because he was a world war ii vet um so the kids are doing their musical tribute for the memorial right now so make them guess on the next song mm. i think they'll get it so much that blessed me.
Good job, guys. Thank you. Way to go, kid. So I'm just going to pray. Father, we thank you for the life of Reverend Philip Ludio. We thank you for his legacy, his kids, his grandkids, his great-grandkids, who just honored him with some music. And we pray that you would uh, comfort all those who mourn right now. We thank you that you mourn with those who mourn. And we also thank you that beyond mourning of our own loss of him, we know with great certainty and hope that he is now with you in heaven. And we thank you for that, Lord. And pray that you would uh, set aside some extra time to hear uh, his stories and puns. Those were always some of my favorites. Amen. So we're going to continue with worship in just a second. A um, couple quick announcements. You can check out what's going on at LiddyHouseChurch.org. Uh, almost all the links and info you need are there. Um, information for giving online is there. We appreciate your gifts um, online through PayPal. And if you need anything, you know, feel free to email me, call me, text me, whatever, uh, throughout the week, and I will try to get back to you as soon as I can. But we know these are slightly odd times, uh, but people are starting to heal up and starting to feel better now, so we appreciate that. Thank you, Lord. Please continue praying for healing for um, everybody. <laughs> There's a lot of people sick right now. And if any of you get sick, whether it's COVID or something else, you know, let us know so that we can be praying for you. We pray together every week, and we will continue to do that. This Wednesday, we will have another communion uh, fellowship time. So that's this Wednesday night at 7 p.m. That link is on the website as well and in the email. If you're not getting the update emails, shoot me an email and let me know, and I will make sure you get on that list. And so we'll see you this coming Wednesday. Let's worship the Lord now. Let's just start off with a silent prayer of confession. If there's anything that you have done or left undone this week, let's lift that up and repent to the Lord now. We thank you for your forgiveness, Lord, and we receive that in Jesus' name. The reason you sent your son Jesus during this time that we celebrate now, so that he could die for us, so that we could become a part of your family. We thank you for that. We never take it for granted. In Jesus' name, we thank you for 
this time of year. We thank you for our family. We thank you for our loved ones. We thank you for Phil, who is with you now. We thank you for Margaret, who is still here waiting. <laughs> we pray that you'd continue to bless all of them. And we thank you for snow, even though we don't have any yet. <laughs> and we thank you for food, the abundance that we have. Help us to think of those and remember the ones less fortunate this year. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come, they told me, pum 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 pum. A newborn king to see, pum 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 pum. Our finest gifts we bring, pum 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 pum. To lay before the king, pum pum pum. So to honor him, when we come, little baby, I am a poor boy too. to bring that's fit to give a king
would soon deliver you. Mary, did you know that your baby boy will give sight to a blind man? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would calm the storms with his hand? Did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels trod? When you've kissed your little baby, you've kissed the face of God. Oh, Mary, did you know? Oh, Mary, did you know? Did you know, Mary, did you know that your baby boy is Lord of all creation? Mary, did you know that your baby boy will one day rule the nations? Did you know that your baby boy was heaven's perfect lamb? And the sleeping child you're holding is the grave I am. The grave I am. He's the grave I Jesus. 
chains shall he break, for the slave is our brother, and in his name all oppression shall cease. Sweet hymns of joy, to grateful chorus raise we well within us. Praise his holy name. Christ is the Lord. Oh, praise his name forever. His power and glory. The more his power and glory the more proclaim fall on your knees fall on your knees oh hear the angel voice Second birth, heart the herald angels 
glory to the newborn King. King of heaven, come down. King of heaven, come now. Let your glory reign, shining like the day. King of heaven, come. King of heaven, rise up. Who can stand against us? You are strong to say in your mighty name. King of heaven, come. King of heaven, come. King of heaven come. Christ, I have Spring of a virgin's womb, mild he lay his glory by, born that not no more may die, born to raise the song of earth, born to give them second birth, heart the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn. King of heaven, come down. King of heaven, come now. Let your glory reign, shining like the day. King of heaven, come. King of heaven, rise up. Who can stand against us? You are strong to save in your mighty name. King of heaven, come. King of heaven, come down. King of heaven, come down. King of heaven, come now. Let your glory reign, shining like the day. King of heaven, come. King of heaven, rise up. Who can stand against us? You are strong to save in your mighty name, King of heaven, come. King of heaven, come. King of heaven, come. Yeah.
all together wonderful to me. You're all together lovely, all together worthy, all together wonderful to me. Lord, we thank you that you chose for love's sake to become poor and to come down to us. We thank you that you left a perfect, glorious heaven to step into darkness, sin, death, thank you we can never earn it never deserve it but we do thank you for it in jesus name does anybody have a word from the lord to share Um, I'd like to read out of Mark. Uh, it's Mark chapter 1, uh, verse 30. And it says, Now Simon's mother-in-law had for some time been lying sick with a fever, and that once they told him about her. And he, Jesus, went up to her and took her by the hand and raised her up, and the fever left her. And she began to wait on them. Yes. Lord, we thank you that in the midst of our illness, you come to us and take our hand and raise us up. We thank you, Lord. And, and as kings, Lord, that you have given us authority and seated us in heavenly places with you. And we speak to those who are ill and we say, be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. Be healed in Jesus' name. Yeah. And Lord, as, as priests, we, we thank you for all those who are in the healing process and those who may become sick and you will be healing. We pray for them, Lord, and we say, fill them, Lord, with your Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Fill them with your healing power in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for all those have, that have been healed. We thank you, Lord, for your people who are carrying on, Lord. We thank you that we are possessing the land and we are standing until you come. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Good word. I'd like to share a word that uh, we don't know how much the people on the other side can see of us. If they can, I know that Phil would have been proud of Kaylee and Andrew this morning. That was very special, Kaylee and Andrew. Wonderful worship time. We've got Margaret right here. Yeah. She's sharing yeah. with us. She's singing the songs mm -hmm. that she knows separated from her husband for a season, 
but to be reunited in the in the near future we're sure by god's good grace so mm -hmm. uh we bless the memory of phil and thank you kids for your wonderful music yes, this morning thank you so much right now yes amen anything you want to say grandma i want to say amen to everything that was said yeah yes. thank you lord jesus that you are in charge of us and you know everything about us and you are the one who, who directs and guides and leads us yes. every step of the way. Every step, for mm -hmm. sure. Crazy with every breath we take. Yes, yes. yes. Mm -hmm. Hey, sorry, transitioning here. Um, before we throw it to Andrew Dvorak for our message, there's another Andrew who's got a birthday tomorrow. Uh -huh. As of tomorrow, we have a teenager. A <laughs> godly teenager. Now grandma really starts praying. <laughs> So we're going to sing happy birthday to Andrew. And Daddy. And Bella wants to sing to Daddy, too, because it was his birthday yesterday. Yes, it was my birthday yesterday. Oh, oh wow. Can we sing it? Yeah. Remember that. What? Happy, happy birthday, birthday to you. Birthday happy birthday to birthday you. Happy birthday to Nate, how old are you? I'm 30 years older than Andrew. <laughs> oh, okay. That's like me and my son David. And me and my dad. Yeah, it's always easy to now. I actually am at that point where I'm starting to forget my age once in a while. So I just have to be like, well, I know Andrew's 12. Okay, so I'm 42. All right. <laughs> Andrew, you're, I mean, Nate, you're two years older than me. I know. It keeps happening that way. I don't get it. I know. <laughs> I'll catch up to you. But you're not 30 years. You're 31. Today, only you're 31 years older than me. That's true. Today, For one day, I am one day, technically 31 years older years than you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's welcome Andrew Dvorak to share the word with us. Andrew, how are you doing? Good. Good morning, everybody. Hi. Good, Good to see you. And to those who are watching this on YouTube right now or later, greetings to you as well. <laughs> um, yeah, this morning, I really want to be intentional about having a, a dialogue and as interactive as possible. So um, I've got a fair bit to speak, but I also want you all to, to know that you can jump in at, at any point. So we're gonna do a lot of um, just walking through scripture and looking for um, the signs of the Messiah, looking for the, the messianic hope um, all throughout the Old and New Testament. And so this morning's focus is on hope. And um, I think we 
can all at all times use hope and and how much more certainly true is that in these days and particularly as we are in the advent season and looking with hope um, to the coming messiah who we know has come already and and will come again and so there's just a lot to have hope for um, so yeah this morning it's not my goal to be preaching at you, um, but that each one of us may be preaching to one another. So um, I'm going to pray in just a bit, and then it'd be, if you have a, a physical Bible or Google, it would be good to have that handy. We're going to go through quite a few passages, and I'll be reading them out loud, but if it helps you to also follow along reading in, in time with me, um, I invite you to do so. And at any point, there's, you know, a reflection or an observation, feel free to unmute and, and jump in. Um, I may not see if you're indicating or something, so feel free to just go for it. So um, with that in mind, let's just pray and then we'll get started. So Jesus, we thank you for your hope that you provide so perfectly. Lord, we just... Uh, know that you are with each of us in the various places that we are at and um, we just say that you are welcome in our midst with us and we're so grateful Jesus for your coming that the son of God would choose humbly to enter into this world as a human being uh, you weren't just similar or like us you were uh, you are uh, embodied in the flesh and and came this um into this human experience and uh, all that that involves. And so we thank you for and celebrate um, your coming and just the hope that was fulfilled in that time. And we thank you for the hope that we can have that does not disappoint um, in you today and for your, your return, your second coming. So be with us now as we go through your word. May we just um, yeah, be illuminated by your spirit and that you lead and guide us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, on the topic of birthdays, our uh, oldest daughter is two years old as of yesterday. 12-12 is her birthday. So it was great to celebrate um, that two-year mark. And uh, definitely, we think of hope when we think of our daughter, Jovi. Um, we were married. Uh, and That's awesome, by the way. Sorry. Same birthday with Jovi. That makes me famous. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well done. Um, we were married and then for th it took three years um, until we got to meet Jovi. And there was a lot of um, pain and emotional difficulty and, and things really were, were challenging um, when we were hopeful for adding to our family immediately and having that hope deferred uh, it really there were times where it really rotted us on the inside and um, we are so grateful now um, you know to walk out in the living room and see Jovi just drawing or playing or whatever and you know things you can take for granted but none of that was a, a guarantee um, you know this time three four five years ago so we're really grateful for that fulfillment um, of hope and just the anticipation that we had of 
having a child and and then when we found out that Larissa was pregnant, just the anticipation of her birth and just you know praying over her even in the womb and, and over her life to come and just so grateful for this child's birth and how much more um, the anticipation of, of Jesus' birth, of his coming, of him entering into this world. And, you know, I imagine that very few people <laughs> at the time were filled with such anticipation, not fully knowing who Jesus was or, or what he would end up doing. And yet here on the other side of the story, we in this time of year, whether he was born in December or not, can reflect upon um, the anticipation of his birth that even though we know and live in the truth of his coming, of his birth in life, um, I think we still get that excitement of Jesus is coming, that Jesus is going to be born and, and we get to celebrate um, God with us and what a beautiful season um, and to us to have that focus upon that time and um, just looking, knowing that throughout, you know, the scriptures, you can see the hope of the promised Messiah and, and Jesus perfectly fulfilled that. Um, so I think first question I'd like to just open up to all of us is how, how would you define hope? Um, I'll share something in a minute, but I want to hear from others too of what would be your definition of hope? And if no one wants to say anything, I'll just say what I have, but I would like to hear from you. Maybe a solid expectation of good in spite of what we presently are experiencing. Yes, I always think of it as um, expectantly looking uh, in, into the eyes of Christ with um, not that you're going to get exactly what you're praying for, but that you know that as you look at him expectantly, he is going to work it out in a good way. It might not be your way, but a good way. Yeah, it seems it's always a you're always thinking into the future with mm -hmm. hope, but at the same time, uh, as everybody's been saying things here, it's, sometimes it's current too, because you need the hope for the encouragement within your spirits. That's good. I should call you guys when I have to write papers in seminary. These are good answers. <laughs> I appreciate the responses. Paula, Karen, or Margaret, were you going to say something? Well, I was going to, my mother said joy, right, Mom? Yeah. <clears throat> that was her answer, was joy. Mm -hmm. So hope is joy. And and that goes along with uh, one of my favorite scriptures is from Romans 5. And it, <clears throat> it's answering hope in a different, a little different way. Because as it says, and hope does not disappoint us. Because God has poured out his love mm -hmm. into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. whom he has given us. Mm -hmm. So to me, that's, that's hope when he's pouring his love into our hearts through his mm -hmm. Holy Spirit. 
That's a different kind of an answer of what hope is. When I think of hope as a Christian, it's so different than what I hear people saying when they talk about hope. Like they say, I hope I get an A on the test. Well, I bet you better study. You know, it's all it's on it's on you. I hope I don't get sick. I hope I I hope I get that job. And it depends on circumstances. It depends on things working out. Our hope is so solid, so secure uh -huh. because it's based on Christ, on the on his revelation, on his resurrection, yeah. on certainty. So it's very different than what we hear being talked about hope in the world. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, and the Bible verse it, too. It, Naomi. Galatians 5.22. What does that say, it, Naomi? Galatians. Uh, um, the fruit of the Spirit. Yes. Mm. Naomi is just talking about the fruit of the Spirit. And uh, hope is one of them, right? Or... That's a good word, right. Naomi. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, kind of off of what Paul said, I just looked up just even the dictionary definition um, of hope. And this is obviously not a spiritual biblical based one, but even the dictionary says the a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen or a feeling of, of trust. And I think we can't get too far into a discussion with hope without bumping into faith. And uh, you look at Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith in the, is the confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. So I feel that faith and hope are so closely connected that, that hope is, you know, the stuff of faith, that hope drives our faith. And um, I think back to, you know, waiting for, for Jovi um, to come into existence that we had such a hope of becoming parents and it was just a strong desire on the inside and really motivated our faith and, you know, really occupied so much of our, our thinking and our just, you know, how we were going through life in those years. So much of that was just driven by that, that hope. And I really feel like hope is the, the stuff of faith and biblical hope is an application of your faith that supplies a confident expectation in God's fulfillment of his promises. So just like we were saying earlier, um, yeah, knowing that that security, that solid foundation is in God, that we're not just hoping willy-nilly for, you know, just something good to happen, but we can have that hope and that confident assurance because of what God has has done first, what God has promised and, and put forward. Um, it's more than a wish. In the Bible, hope is the confident expectation of what God has promised, and its strength is in his faithfulness. And I think if we were to kind of try to find a delineation point between faith and, and hope, um, faith says that it is so now, and hope says in the future it could happen. Hope can help drive faith. Hope can lead us to faith and fulfillment. And um, again, it seems, just seems like faith is that gift that gets given to us, and that's the vehicle. And it's, you know, the fuel seems to be hope that, that really progresses that along. And 
we consider who needs hope. You know, we're going to look through these scriptures in Isaiah and then into the New Testament um, and consider the audience there, what they needed hope for. Um, and we consider the question of who needs hope. The answer is, is all of us in, in different ways. Uniquely, we have different things that we have hope for. And then in a more general sense, we have hope in, in the sense of um, salvation, of, of, of a good future, whether that's going to be completely fulfilled here on earth or in eternity with Jesus. Um, we have that hope that is solid and secure because of what Christ has done. And so Psalm 42, 5, it says, Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. So again, why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. In the last two times I've spoken on lament and I wasn't <laughs> looking for anything like that in this time around, but I think that encapsulates that well of, of we identify our reality, uh, whether it's really happy or whether it's, you know, raw, real grief or mourning, um, but really to speak to our very soul, to put your hope in God. And, you know, that can sum up this whole message in, in those three words, um, put your hope in God forwards. <laughs> Um, and I think that's a daily, if not hourly, thing that we need to remind our very being to put our hope in God. That when we go along life's way and we bump into those walls or things happen that um, we were not planning on or, or things that um, are, are sad or hurtful, damaging in some way, that um, we may still have hope in God. And that hope, as Karen shared, does not disappoint so I invite you to flip into Isaiah with me. I'm going to read a few passages from Isaiah, beginning with Isaiah 7, verse 14. And I'll go through these Isaiah passages and ask a couple questions. And then, uh, but if you want to shout something out in the meantime, feel free. So Isaiah 7, verse 14. The Lord himself will give you the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And then just two chapters later, Isaiah 9, and we're going to start with verse 2 and then just do uh, 6 and 7. So Isaiah 9, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. And then uh, two chapters further in Isaiah 11, Isaiah 11, 1 through 10. Out of the stump of David's family will grow a shoot, a shoot. Yes, a new branch bearing fruit from the old root. And the spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. 
He will delight in obeying the Lord. He will not judge by appearance nor make a decision based on hearsay. He will give justice to the poor and make fair decisions for the exploited. The earth will shake at the force of his word and one breath from his mouth will destroy the wicked. He will wear righteousness like a belt and truth like an undergarment. In that day, the wolf and lamb and the lamb will live together. The leopard will lie down with the baby goat. The calf and the yearling will be safe with the lion and a little child will lead them all. The cow will graze near the bear. The cub and the calf will lie down together. The lion will eat hay like a cow. The baby will play safely near the hole of a cobra. Of a cobra. Yes, a little child will put its hand in a nest of deadly snakes without harm. Nothing will hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain. For as the waters fill the sea, so the earth will be filled with the people, with people who know the Lord. In that day, the heir to David's throne will be a banner of salvation to all the world. The nations will rally to him, and the land where he lives will be a glorious place. And we just have two more passages in, in Isaiah. So Isaiah 53, it's going to be a rather familiar one, and then another really familiar one in Isaiah 61. So just turn to Isaiah 53, 1 through 12. Who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that before its shearers is silent so he opened not his mouth by oppression and judgment he was taken away and as for his generation who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living stricken for the transgressions of my people and they made his grave with the wicked and with a rich man in his death although he had done no violence and there was no deceit in his mouth yet it was the will of the lord to crush him he has put him to grief when his soul makes an offering for guilt he shall see his offspring, he shall prolong his days, that the will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall this righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the many, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong. Because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors, Yet he bore the sin of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. So oftentimes I feel like it's Lent <laughs> and Easter time that we, Good Friday, that we think back to Isaiah 53. Um, but there's no fulfillment of Isaiah 53 without the birth of the Messiah. Um, so it's, it's not as cuddly of a scripture to read, but it's, it's necessary. And then uh, just look at the chapter 61 verses one and two. 
Isaiah 61. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So we look back, Isaiah was written before the birth of Christ and just consider what was happening at the time of Isaiah. Um, you know that the kingdom was divided, that we have the 10 tribes um, identifying as Israel and then Judah and Benjamin identifying as, as Judah. And um, uh, Israel gets taken into captivity and and we even know that, um, you know, the Babylonians are going to are going to take the rest as well. And um, although there will be that return to Jerusalem and, and that remnant being able to rebuild um, in that time, there's a lot of need for hope, I would say. There's a lot of hopelessness abounding. It would be easy to to see all this happening out of your control um, and and wanting the Messiah to come, of, of being desirous of, of being delivered, of seeing the fulfillment that you read about in Hebrew scripture um, coming to pass in your generation. And, and yet for those people, they, they didn't get to see that. Um, obviously God still intervened and, um, and, and acted, but we, we, they were yet to have experienced the fullness um, of that promise fulfilled through the person of, of Jesus. Um, anything else that we can think of that they would, in those times, the, the, the first hearers of Isaiah's prophecy, anything else that they would be needing hope for? Feel free to chime in. And if you'd like to move on, we can move on. <laughs> The phrase that I was caught by that you read was the last sentence in one of the scriptures where it says, the zeal of the Lord of hosts mm, well, shall do this. <laughs> and uh, I don't picture God as zealous, uh, typically, uh, but here it's his zeal, his zeal for what is righteous uh, he will he will make it happen, and that that is the hope that we have. Yeah. That is so different from worldly hope. Uh, people they'll they'll need zeal to to make their hopes fulfilled, but we rely on the zeal of the Lord of Hosts, mm -hmm. which puts it in a whole different category. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for that God has promised. So it's, it's really uh, a done deal. <laughs> Already done. <laughs> Someday I want you to all hear the song Paul wrote from that passage, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. It's just 
so wonderful that we have songs that have been written from different passages. But of course, I'm prejudiced for this passage. So we'll hear it maybe this one of these Christmases. I mean, one of these days. Maybe even Christmas. this afternoon. <laughs> Why don't we sing it right now? <clears throat> well, I, most people don't know it. So Paul, I, I, I know it. You Let's know sing it. it. You, well, you want to sing it? No. Yeah. Well, to, we'll have to practice. Let's practice it and then sing it next time. Okay. All right. It struck me. Um, he keeps talking about nations, and there's a really big picture thing here, and he keeps bringing up governments and all that kind of stuff, and it makes me think about, you know, we just went through a difficult election, and a lot of people, I'd say probably half the country is very concerned right now, the other half is upset. <laughs> so both that. Um, and it seems to me, as I read this, that God already fulfilled our hope when it comes to the nations and when it comes to government. He already answered all that. Like our hope, we have complete hope because he already sent Jesus. Like he already gave his answer. He already gave us what we need to make our country better, what we need to make the world better. He already gave it. And that's good. Yeah, I just think that's so cool. Like for, for Isaiah, it was hope because he was looking at it from a point of view of it's in the future for him. For us, it's the past, but that same hope, that same hope still holds true. And I like the idea that God's already spoken on the matter. He's already sent Jesus. He's already sent the Savior. The government will be on his shoulders. We don't have to worry about that anymore. Right. Yes, there's a period of time right now on earth where the kingdom of God has not yet come in its fullness, but we don't need to. In fact, we cannot allow ourselves to get too upset or bent out of shape um, if things aren't going the way we want to, the way we want them to when it comes to, you know, government and politics and that sort of thing. And so I guess it's just a different, it's a, it's a perspective change, you know? I like that. That gives me hope. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, it's good. Okay, we're going to transition now into the New Testament. Um, begin with uh, looking at um, some passages in Luke, beginning with Luke 1, verses 26 through 35. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. And then later in that chapter, Luke 1, 46 through 55, Mary responded, oh, my, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. 
for you took notice of his lowly servant girl, and from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy, and he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. For he made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. And so we see that Mary, <laughs> she's getting the inside scoop before everyone else that um, this fulfillment, this thing that she knows um, passed down to her through their holy scriptures um, being told to her that it's going to be it's going to be used as the, the vehicle, the vessel that um, the Messiah is going to be born into this world. And uh, that's that's incredible. <laughs> Absolutely incredible. Uh, we look at Matthew 1, 18 to 25. Similarly, this is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His ma mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph, Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. Yeah, just a uh, amazing like it's so familiar i think we have countless christmases where we hear these retellings of of the birth of jesus um and yet you know it should never become something that's so known that we don't get excited by it like just think how exciting is that um knowing the the other end of the story just uh the significance and rich deep meaning of this baby being born and and how great that is um, for people to put their hope in that this is something true and solid and sure that will not disappoint uh, and then lastly uh, just back in luke luke 4 14 to 21 jesus returned to galilee in the power of the spirit and news about him spread to the whole countryside he was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, 
today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So I want you to, to use your imagination a little bit. Um, imagine that you are in that synagogue when this man Jesus comes up and he reads the Isaiah scroll and he's saying that today it's being fulfilled in your, in your hearing. What, what do you feel? Um, you've got little to no knowledge of who Jesus is and yet he's saying that this scripture, this prophecy is being fulfilled in him. What, what are you feeling? What I feel, I would feel unbelief. I, I, I couldn't believe it. It sounds too wonderful. <laughs> I, I, I thought, can this be true? Is what he's saying, where does he get this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, he got it from scripture. It's wonderful. That's good. Mm -hmm. You wanted to say something, Paul? No. Okay, that was it. Thank it's you. thrilling. It's just thrilling to me. I just would have loved to have been there. I mean, I, I'm sure you could have heard a pin drop uh, when people, you know, I, I'm sure it was just um, the Holy Spirit being there. I'm sure it was just so filled, the room filled with awe and there were probably, of course, doubters, like mom, you said, how could that be? And some, well, how, that's blasphemous. And then others, I'm sure the Holy Spirit just spoke to them right away. Yeah. And uh, they believed and were in awe. Yeah. Yeah, I was just explaining to the kids that this is like the ultimate mic drop moment for Jesus. Right. Scripture, he goes and sits down in it. I think he's sitting down in a spot where they maybe didn't necessarily expect him to. He probably was supposed to go back and sit in his seat, and I think he sat in the front, probably facing them. And says, so, that obviously, we just read from like 600 years ago. That literally just happened now. Yeah, the fulfillment of that. And like Karen, I think you could have heard a pin drop. Maybe. Yeah. Or you started hearing audible gasps. That's true. <laughs> and stuff like that too, I'm not sure. But it's, this is Jesus is full like, yeah, this is happening now. <laughs> mm -hmm. cool. <laughs> for those who would have been open, for the ones whose ears would have been open to, for this to even be a possibility, I mean, think about the incredibleness. We, we grew up being taught all these scriptures for hundreds and hundreds of years and all these prophecies were fulfilled in Jesus when he was born and when he died. And for us, we take that for granted, you know? But for them, that to have something, you, your whole religion is based on waiting for the Messiah. Yes. And now for it to be like, oh, yeah, I'm that guy. I didn't... That would be amazing for anyone, for those who are willing to receive it. It would have been incredible. <clears throat> mm -hmm. It seems like you would really want it to be true, but I think you'd be thinking like, but wait, this just feels too normal. This feels like a normal day. You look normal. This feels normal. If it were God, it wouldn't feel normal. I don't know. And then they kind of, that's the reaction is, well, we know who you are, so how could that be true? Yes. I agree. They're like, wait, we know you. 
we played stickball with my kid <laughs> or whatever. Like you're, you're, you're just a guy. <laughs> As if, you know, they, they probably expected the Messiah to like show up in a golden chariot from heaven or something. And smite all the Romans with some sort of, you know, superhero-esque magic or something. Um, not to be a guy, a normal dude. Right. Didn't look angelic at all. And even those people that might have been normally open to hear that because they knew him might have not <laughs> been as open as they would would have been to somebody they didn't know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Son. Aren't you Joseph's son? Right. <laughs> we know you. We watch you grow up. You're a weirdo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and when, we, when we think of Jesus, sometimes we think about the Jesus we see in the movies who's kind of glowing. He's got a white robe on. He's got long flowing hair and he's very handsome. And Isaiah 53 says he had no appearance that we would desire him, that he wasn't on the far end of handsome. He was on the low end of average and he was despised. He was rejected. He wasn't somebody that we'd look at and say, wow, he must be the Messiah. He look at that robe. Look at the way he walks. He didn't have that. He had nothing that would make us attracted to him. He picked his, he picked his people and he picked the people like himself who are on the low end of the totem pole rather than oh, on the high end. So yeah. it was hard to yeah. identify him by looking at him and by hearing him speak. What, how are they going to judge? That was a tough one. Yeah. That was really tough. Yeah. Sorry. The kid who built my cupboards is the Messiah. That's a tough one to swallow. Yeah. <laughs> in, in their defense, you know what I mean? Um, and I think Jesus knew this was tough. Yes. What? So, Paul, you're in a roundabout way saying all the apostles were pretty ugly then. Huh? <laughs> 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 All the apostles were ugly. They were probably pretty dirty, if nothing else. <laughs> they wouldn't stand out in a crowd, probably. In fact, Jesus himself, it said that that um, there had to. Uh, they needed Judas to come along to identify Jesus. He didn't glow in the dark. No. And even after he had been around for a while, they still couldn't pick him out. And so they had to have someone come along and say, this is the one, you get him. Why is that? Because he didn't glow in the dark. He, he, was, he, was, on, he was Mr. Average in so many ways. And he chose not to wear special fancy clothes or a fancy yeah, right. or toga or you know, sash or ring or anything that would distinguish himself, which he's pretty famous at this point and he's got some rich followers. I'm sure people offered to make him the what? best ever made and, and to wear the best sash. And you should, you're the Messiah. You should yes. dress the part. Yeah. Dirty, you know, dingy on the bottom, half yeah. selling rope that everybody else. 
one from whom men hide their faces. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Mm -hmm. He wasn't on the high end of the social ladder. I appreciate this interaction. It's yeah, good discussion. Um, I'm gonna jump ahead to a few places around the New Testament. And as I'm reading these passages, just uh, consider uh, how is hope in Christ, the risen Lord, how is hope in Jesus expressed and experiment, experienced in the New Testament church? I'm going to read from Acts and Philippians and Colossians. And as I do so, just consider how is hope in Christ experienced or expressed in their midst. So from Acts 2, um, starting at verse 22, and this kind of goes off what we were talking before, like he would need to back up his claims <laughs> a bit. Uh, so people of Israel, listen, God publicly endorsed Jesus the Nazarene by doing powerful miracles, wonders, and signs through him, as you well know. Yeah. But God knew what would happen, and his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed. With the help of, the, uh, with the help of lawless Gentiles, you nailed him to a cross and killed him. But God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life for death could not keep him in its grip. Verse 36, so let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, to be both Lord and Messiah. Peter's words pierced their hearts, and they said to him and to the others, other apostles, brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, to your children, and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. And then looking ahead in Philippians 2, Philippians 2, verses 6 through 11. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And then Colossians 1, 15 to 22. Colossians 1, from verse 15. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning supreme over all who rise from the dead so he is first in everything for god in all his fullness was pleased to live in christ and through him god reconciled everything to him he made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of christ's blood on the cross this includes you who were far, once far away from god you were his enemies separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions yet now he has reconciled you to him through the death of christ in his physical body as a result, he has brought you into his own presence, and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. 
And just as we're uh, approaching noon, uh, just want to be mindful of the time. There's like two passages in Revelation I'd like us to look at. And then um, uh, we'll do just uh, one or two things after that to kind of close. And then I think maybe in the fellowship time after the broadcast, we could kind of dig into our own needs of hope and our own ways as the community of Lydia House that we are hoping for or experiencing and expressing hope. So um, before that, we'll read from Revelation 5, looking at verses 5 through 14, and then again, Revelation 22. So first, Revelation 5. But one of the 24 elders said to me, stop weeping. Look, the line of the tribe of Judah, the heir to David's throne, has won the victory. He is worthy to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw a lamb that looked as if it had been slaughtered, but it was now standing between the throne and the four living beings and among the 24 elders. He had seven horns and seven eyes, which represent the sevenfold spirit of God that is sent out into every part of the earth. He stepped forward and took the scroll from the right hand of the one sitting on the throne. And when he took the scroll, the four living beings and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp and they held gold bowls filled with incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song with these words. You are worthy to take the scroll and break its seals and open it. For you were slaughtered and your blood has ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have caused them to become a kingdom of priests for our God, and they will reign on the earth. Then I looked again, and I heard the voices of thousands and millions of angels around the throne, and of the living beings and the elders. And they sang in a mighty chorus, Worthy is the Lamb who was slaughtered, to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength, and honor and glory and blessing. Mm -hmm. And then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth, and under the earth and in the sea, They sang blessing and honor and glory and power belong to the one sitting on the throne and to the lamb forever and ever. Amen. And the four living beings said, amen. And the 24 elders fell down and worshiped the lamb. And uh, from Revelation 22, verses 16 and 17 and verses 20 and 21. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this message for the churches. I am both the source of David and the heir to his throne. I am the bright morning star. Mm -hmm. The spirit and the bride say, come. Let anyone who hears this say, come. Let anyone who is thirsty, come. Let anyone who desires drink freely from the water of life. He who is the faithful witness to all these things says, yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's holy people. That's just yeah, really beautiful, I think. (laughs) Really hopeful, hope-filled. We can look from, you know, cover to cover. We see the hope of the Messiah in the Bible. And, and that hope is for us as well. And, and I imagine that we're all going through different um, situations and circumstances currently. And I think all of us can relate to hope. Um, so again, perhaps it would be more appropriate when the broadcast is done and, and in a fellowship time that we can share with one another how we can lift each other up to the things that we are um, hoping for and the ways hope is being experienced or revealed and discovered in, in new and in, in deep ways. Um, but it's that hope that comes 
from God and, and yeah. it's so much more than just a, a cute nativity scene. <laughs> There's such real lasting eternal hope because of the work of Jesus. And for sure. Um, I think yeah, it's just beautiful to see this all being carried through through the whole of scripture and just seeing that that theme of hope and how it's not just a flimsy feeling, but it's a it's a sure and secured thing because of God, because of what he has done through the the birth and and life and death and resurrection of Jesus. And yes. um so I invite you to just uh as we close, um I'm gonna read the words very familiar Christmas song and I just invite you to close your eyes as I read these words mm-hmm. and then uh, just want to bless you from a verse in Romans mm-hmm. so joy to the world the Lord has come let earth receive her king let every heart prepare him room and heaven and nature sing joy to the world the savior reigns let men their songs employ while fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains repeat the sounding joy. No more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow, far as the curse is found. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love. So I'll just bless you, Lydia House, with Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Amen. Thank you. And CJ, we'll, we'll call that our benediction, okay? And...